Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Welcome to Calvary Chapel. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 26. Verse 13, he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. When we make our requests known to God, it's important that we yield to God's will. He said he came with complete faith that Jesus can. I know you can, but he says, if you're willing. Remember, Jesus even prayed that in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but your will be done. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but sometimes God just does, right? He just answers our prayer right then, bam. Sometimes God says, no, I have a different purpose in this for you. And sometimes God says, wait. And yet we can be very impatient. And I know anytime I get sick or one of my kids gets sick, and believe me, I spend a lot of time in the doctor's office with six kids. It's like I'm a frequent flyer. They know me, you know. But I've gotten to the point where the kid's sick. Okay, let's pray over you first. (laughs) And if you don't feel better, then I guess God has a reason for us to go to the doctor's office. I guess there's a reason, you know, I need to talk to a doctor or a nurse or somebody in the waiting room. And I don't know how many times that's happened to me where I'm sitting in the waiting room waiting to go into the doctor's office and there's somebody. Oh, hi, Pastor Mike. Sorry, I haven't been in church in seven months. Let's talk, you know, and, and it's just a divine appointment. And God has those divine appointments. And so I just kind of figure if God's not going to heal me, he has a greater reason for that. If my back goes out, I know. I, and it just, I just think this. Whenever my back goes out, I'm like, okay, the chiropractor needs to talk. It's just the way that it is. And in a way, that's what we're seeing here. In verse 14, it says, And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. Again, in the book of Leviticus chapter 14, there's an entire section on what to do when a leper is cleansed and how gracious of God to, in, for this incurable disease, to put a chapter there to what to do if this incurable disease all of a sudden is cured. And they would bring, the, the leper would come to the priest and show himself to the priest and look, there's nothing there and he's going to put him away for seven days and if he's he's still good then they're going to take some two turtle doves and some cedar wood and some hyssop and they're going to do this whole ritual killing one of the birds with water pouring it over top of the other bird putting the blood on him and setting that one free you know when we went through Leviticus we talked about the the typology with Jesus there but but even more so than that what it was was this testimony to the priests that the Messiah is here And when the priests would see somebody coming in and saying, hey, I need a Leviticus chapter 14, they would have known if somebody's being cleansed of leprosy, that means the Messiah is on the scene. Of course, Jesus tells the leper not to tell anyone else, but it seems he did. Or those who saw it told everyone. Notice verse 15. However, the report went around concerning him 
all the more. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So more ministry, more people, bigger services that Jesus is attending there in the synagogues, and a greater ministry for Jesus meant greater prayer. Now, unfortunately, probably up until more recently, I think one of my responses to greater ministry was less prayer. I'm more busy. I don't have as much time. I got to deal with this. I got to deal with that. And honestly, I've discovered that things get bigger and God does more and he blesses more. What I need out of not just because I should, but because I have to spend more time seeking God's face, get more on my face before God, realize more that I have nothing to offer anybody, but it's God and by his Holy Spirit that he does the work. And I am in a spiritual battle. And if I'm not prepared, if I'm not in the foxhole on my knees with Jesus, putting on the full armor of God, then I'm not going to be able to stand when the attack comes. And I I think that that's an important lesson we learn. And if Jesus needed to pray more because ministry was growing on him, certainly we do. In verse 17, it says, Now it happened on a certain day when he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So Mark tells us that he was in Capernaum. Matthew says his own city. And this kind of gives us the clue that Jesus set up his base there in Capernaum. News was getting out. No doubt because of the leper, you know, in Jerusalem, you know, a leper shows up to be, you know, I've been cleansed. You know, I need that ritual. That, that keyed them off. And it says that all these teachers and scribes, these are the teachers of the law, the scribes, they were the ones who taught in the synagogues on Sabbath days. The Pharisees also taught in the synagogues sometimes on the, on the Sabbath days, which is more of a political party. A lot of the scribes probably were Pharisees. And they come to investigate. They come to check out Jesus. What's going on here? He's not approved by our schools. He's not approved by our synagogues. And so of every town of Galilee, every town of Judea and Jerusalem, and he, it says he has power to heal them. Now, he's not talking, and when you look at the Greek, it's actually not speaking of he had power to heal just those guys. It kind of seems that way in the English, but the idea is he had power to heal others. That was That's kind of the idea. It just doesn't read right in the English. But of the people who were coming to be healed, these teachers, these scribes and these Pharisees, honestly, they're the ones who needed it the most to be healed of their religion, to be healed of their old ideas. In verse 18, it says, Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, who, who they sought to bring in and lay before him, Jesus. And when they could not find how they might bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst before Jesus. Here's some folks who have a friend who can't come to Jesus. And they make a way. I mean, they go out of the way. And I don't know how they do this. I mean, sometimes even in my house, and I've lived there for years, eight years, I think now, I'm upstairs and I'm thinking, okay, what room am I above? You ever think that? Like when you're upstairs and you're out, like, what room am I above? 
Okay, uh, you have to orient yourself. Well, they're, they're astute enough. They see where Jesus is in the house through the crowd, and they're like, okay, if we break the tile right now, we can, right here, we can drop him right in Jesus' lap. Pretty amazing. But I just think about this in terms of people I bring to Jesus, because I bring people to Jesus all the time, right? You know, we get a prayer request, and that person's sick, or that person has COVID, or, or this is going on in their life, or this person that I, I love, my friend or family member that doesn't know Jesus, and I bring them to Jesus. I'm like, Jesus, please save that person, or Jesus, please heal that person. But as I was reading this, it kind of convicted me, because I don't know that I break through the ceiling and break through the roof and actually bring that person with intensity into Jesus's hands. Jesus, you need to save this person, please. And yet we know that when we pray and when we seek God's face for these types of things, that God acts. I remember hearing a story of Edwin Orr who had a friend who said, hey, we need to pray for these five friends of ours that aren't saved. And so him and Edwin started to pray earnestly for the salvation of these five friends. And they saw one at a time these four of them get saved. One of the guys on his deathbed, his friend on his deathbed said, you know, that that fifth friend isn't saved yet. And he says, well, I'll covenant to continue to pray even after you're gone if he doesn't get saved before you die. And of course, the friend died and they go to his funeral and Edwin preached the funeral and that friend got saved at the funeral. You know, I think sometimes we, we just don't realize that people, that we need to covenant in prayer to bring somebody to the Lord. And history proves that when someone will stand in the gap and care about another person, care about another city, care about another nation even, and pray and obey that God somehow works. I don't understand that. It doesn't seem like God needs me to pray for him to act, but somehow when people pray, God does. And I don't know if God was planning to do it. He put it on your heart to pray so that he could or so that he would, so that you know that you prayed and that happened. I don't know. I don't understand all those paradoxes. But what I do know is that when I pray, I see God's hand in my life. And when I don't, I don't. And it's it's just that simple. God tells us to care. In, in, in fact, in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, it says this. And, and you have to understand the context of this. This was Judea who was getting ready, or Judah, rather, this, the country of Judah that was getting ready to be carried away captive to Babylon. They were going to be punished for their sin, the sin of Manasseh and, and the sin of the kings that had done wickedly before the Lord. And this is what the Lord tells Ezekiel. He says, so I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208 365 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.